Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast in the series Figure of Eight. And today I am joined by Claire Barks, a figure competitor, and she competes with IFB um, or MPC, people kind of call it both. But uh, Claire, if you just want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of about Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Claire Barks. Um... I've been competing as a figure athlete since uh, 2013. Um, also a personal trainer, coach, sports massage therapist, although I've kind of shifted away from the personal training side for now. So I'm more sort of transitioning online a little bit more. Uh, Mum of two, married to someone in the forces and have been married to the forces for quite a while. So. <laughs> that's been interesting um and yeah uh started started competing in uk bff when that was like the biggest thing and the only sort of route to the pro card uh, not that the pro card was even a goal back then it was just it's just something i fell into um and yeah the more i've i've sort of competed and the better i've got the more I'm like, maybe, you know, I've got sort of potential here sort of thing and sort of pushed it. And yeah, so now competing MPC and yeah, doing pro qualifiers and seeing where I get basically. So that's just me, I think. <laughs> Thank you for running us through a very quick and uh, high level bio of yourself. So let's go back then to the start. And let's talk about that UK BFF and how you got into it and what made you want to start competing. Mm-hmm. If we go sort of right, right back, um, just being in fitness, being in sports, um, being competitive, I think it's just within me. That's just, it's just, uh, it's, I don't think you can sort of develop that. I just absolutely fell in love with anything to do with fitness, anything to do with sport, and I always wanted to win. And that was just installed into me right right from day one. So from my school age, I was in all the sports teams. I was um, in sort of secondary school. I represented the school in athletics. I did sprints. I did relay. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And I played to win. And that's just part of me. Mm. Um, so fast forward a bit. I met my now husband um, just before he was about to join the Marines. Um, and I was pursuing a career in sort of child therapy, um, working with children. I had a place in university, um, which I ended up not taking um, purely because it sounds silly now, but we madly fell in love and we knew we were going to stay together. Um, he was about to join the Marines. He nearly didn't sort of go through that because we just sort of not long met. Um, but anyway, he, he carried on through that. He joined the Marines, which meant him being away for quite a while, going through all the training, what have you. Um, and I wanted to see him on weekends and I wanted to get a job where I could easily, we could easily sort of meet on weekends mm-hmm. and still sort of pursue that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting a nanny job in London. Um, it was a living nanny job. I had like the whole top floor of the house to myself. I had a car to myself. 
And part of the deal was they gave me a free membership to a gym. Um, and like I said, I was completely into fitness and everything, but I, I sort of had to give up all the sports because that was sort of to do with school. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, this is awesome. So at the end of the day, when I'd looked after the children, absolutely knackered, and the mum didn't work, by the way. <laughs> I just looked after the <laughs> um, she just watched you work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was, she was, she was shattered from shopping all day. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, so then, yes, yeah, come seven o'clock, I was like, right, off to the gym. And I immediately gravitated to the weights. I know a lot of females sort of don't do this. They sort of shy away and go to cardio, but I just, I was fascinated with weights and lifting the weights. And I used to just watch people and just copy them. And yeah. I literally got hooked on the training from like that day onwards, basically. Um, and then the love for it just sort of developed. And then I got, I mean, back then when I first started, there wasn't like, Instagram and like um, the internet and all that. It was it was magazines. So I used to buy loads of mag- loads of fitness magazines, and it was more the men's sort of fitness magazines. Yeah. I wanted like the proper muscle building kind of routines rather you didn't than want the, the cosmopolitan kind of female jump up and down, yeah, sort of thing. No, make a, a fruit smoothie and and run to the park. Them. Exactly, and yeah. then just put your hand in the air and, and <laughs> Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah. So I basically followed, yeah, Flex magazine routines like Roddy Coleman's routine. Oh, sick! Um, and I, I was just like, honestly, I was just I followed the routines, read up on the diets. I was fascinated with nutrition, so I started changing the way I was eating, and really noticing a, a difference in my physique sort of changing just through what just me sort of experimenting through training and through eating um from so yeah so I've absolutely fell in love with with training um so I nannied there for a, a good couple of years um and throughout that time, you continued training and teaching yourself. Yeah, and then seeing my husband on the weekend. But when I say seeing my husband on the weekend, that was completely, that was drinking. That was pissing up. Right. So I was like absolutely on it like through the week and I would have fun at the weekends. Right, yeah. And that, that sort of carried on throughout my younger years. I was absolutely obsessed with the training but I was a complete party girl at heart. So it was like train all week, party all weekend. Yeah. And when I say party, I don't do things by halves. <laughs> so yeah, I sort of enjoyed my life, but still had the training part of it. Um, I got a phone call one morning when I was nannying from my mum and completely out of the blue, my dad passed away literally completely out of the blue he had a heart attack no warning nothing absolutely nothing and he was like a rock solid strong guy and yeah that kind of sort of shifted things up a bit and I then eventually moved back to Derby where I'm originally from and lived with my mum for a bit um and then me and my my now husband um he proposed to me not long after and we got married and then yeah I don't, I don't know how far you want me to go here <laughs> but yeah so that, after that, that 
after that then you and your kind of routine all changed and you went from aside from obviously your day work you pretty much pleased yourself and almost didn't have to answer to anyone in your evenings and then just had fun with your boyfriend at the time did that change your routine when you went back to live with your mum um when I well he was still obviously away um doing his marine training so and then because my dad had died it was was very different Mm. if you know I mean we were just doing things together and um but I actually persuaded my mum in the end to come to a gym with me but we did sort of classes and things like that because that was more her just to sort of get her out and about yeah you know obviously after like the dust has settled a little bit um so yeah I mean the routine changed but um I am an absolute stickler for routine Mm. so once I'm in a new place once I've set a routine up that's kind of you know I I will always build up a routine I'm very I am very like that I'm very anal like that everything I'm very neat tidy organized everything's in its place I need to know what I'm doing so so yeah yeah so with that change then from your time in in London nannying and getting really into it and you noticing in yourself that there was changes in your physique mm-hmm. and, and probably I imagine muscle tissue being gained weight being lost but also the structure of your body and your physique mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. did you find that when you went back to live with your mum that she was like oh you've changed did she notice anything did she make any comments about that no no my mum was just she's she just accepts who we are and I don't think she would ever say anything and Uh, even to to this day she's never to this day no she knows what I do do and she'll see me She'll, she'll never comment anything negatively or no she literally just accepts who, and I've got two sisters as well. She's just, no, she's never, ever sort of said, I mean, I will make comments, just kind of, because, you know, if if I'm about to compete and I'm like looking like skeleton gore face yeah. and I haven't seen her for a few months or what have you, and then we'll meet for a coffee, just to sort of say, yes, I know, I know, I know. You know, yeah. Shot. I'm like, I know I'm not gone. I know I'm not gone. I know I'm not disgusting. I'm a couple of weeks out, and she'll just sort of laugh and go, yeah, sort of thing. Right. She's, yeah. So no, never, never any negative, never anything. She, she's a very, very strong, independent woman, and both, both her and, and my dad, um, they're both teachers. Both very, very supportive. Would always just encourage us to do whatever we wanted to do. Never forced us to go to university. Never put any pressure on us you know when I just said decided I wasn't going to go to university I wanted to she completely supported me she wasn't oh you're throwing your life away or anything like that she's just like if that's what you want to do and mm. you feel like that's she's she, honestly she's been she is just she yeah just just accepting I think so yeah I've never had anything from my family I mean they might think it underneath what the hell is she doing I'm not my <laughs> My sister will say every now and then, or live live life a little, you know, live life a bit, Claire. You know, go to bed at five past nine instead of nine tonight. She'll take the piss um, because she she knows she knows knows me from like 
party days and yeah. since, I've been, since I've been competing and I started taking it seriously that was it that all stopped completely yeah um so now she'll she'll take me and so I was going to say, having two sisters, so if I speak yeah. on my experience, I come from a very male-dominated family. I have one brother right. or boy cousins. Well, they're right. men now, but we were yeah. all kind of raised as one little unit and we lived two minutes around the corner from each other. So I've always grown up knowing that doing the boy stuff, as you could put it, yeah, is very normal. So it was actually right. harder for me to integrate with women. But for you, growing up with two sisters, and now yeah. I suppose you could call it doing the boy thing because you were following a Ronnie Coleman routine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> how did that work? Like, how did they, did they ever ask you any questions about it or? No, I mean, when I was, I was the sporty one. I think I, 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 I'm quite different to my, I'm the middle child. My, I've got an older sister, younger sister, and they were never really as sport as me. I was like, Claire does the sports, she does this. And I, I was the organized one. My room was tidy, theirs was a mess. I, I was like different. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> About whether your sisters kind of questioned, like when you were getting into it and changing your day-to-day and, and no, following because, your new routine yeah because I'm, I'm a sporty one they, they know that you know I would always do things like that I would always challenge myself I mean mm. before I actually stepped on stage even though weight training was my thing I ran a couple of marathons wow. before yeah my my mum um she set up a charity called Children of Fiji and um she was getting a team together to raise some money and she had a few people that want, they were going to run the Brighton Marathon and she said, I don't suppose you fancy doing it, do you? Because she knows that I'm one that sort of challenge myself and do stupid mm. things like that. And I was like, and I started thinking about competing um, and I thought, sod it, yeah, why not? It's a challenge, isn't it? So I then did like marathon training and just wrote my own plan just, just like, I mean, I wrote all my training plans. As well. I've got logbooks from like years and years, years and years ago. Um, I still did a bit. Then I, then I started, well, I still want to weight train, but I've got to um, train for this marathon. So I wrote myself a little sort of a full body day here, then a short run here, then a day off here, then a full body day here, then a day off, then a long run. I just sort of, I just winged it. And then, <laughs> I, I, I run the uh, Bright Marathon got excruciating knee pain um, throughout the training and did the whole marathon in absolute agony. Um, but my time was pretty good. And then my mum said, oh, we're doing it again next year. And uh, me being me, I'm like, well, I want to do it with no knee pain. Yeah. what time I can do. And yeah, I got the knee pain again. It's like an overuse injury. Um, um, but I did beat my time. So what so, times did you get hit uh, me? Uh, 3.45 on the first one and three and a half on the second one. Wow. But it's frustrating because I know I could have done a lot faster. That's really good, though. Without the pain. My mum runs marathons. She's a runner. Halves and marathons are her thing. Um, And, yeah, so I'm very kind of involved as an outsider. So she's an outsider to bodybuilding and I'm an outsider to her running. But interesting that you do both as well. 
Would you still did. did. Well, I was about to say, would you still get no. into that now? No, no. But sprinting is my thing and was my thing. Yeah. It was literally a challenge and a tick in the box and just to help my mum out, really. What if um, your mum asked you again, though? No. no. <laughs> it's, I, it didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy it. It's, it's not so much the mental side of it, it, it. A lot of it is just mental, but it's so boring. Mm. You're literally like looking at just thinking, how many hours longer? Mm. <laughs> um, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that again. Um, no, I like sort of short, fast bursts kind yeah. of thing. I wouldn't say I wouldn't get into running again, but it would be more sort of short, shorter distance. And mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I've done that. I the box, so. So, um, kind of coming back to that, uh, the your physique side of things. Uh-huh. So I imagine from those early days and then kind of dabbling in that marathon training as well um, and now kind of in UK BFF, did you start – straight off into figure or did you kind of grow from maybe bikini as quite a normal path is to go into bikini and then as you get bigger to change and and change categories did you go through that or did you go do you know what no I like figure that's me yeah no it was it was figure it was what it was was I'd done the marathons and I'd started thinking and I'd started seeing pictures of like because Instagram was coming about and I remember seeing a girl, um, I think, she, yeah, she was a figure athlete. Um, I'm thinking, I'd really, I'd, I'd really like to look like that. I'd really like to do that. And I, it just kind of, I didn't actually know much about competing. I didn't know that it was a thing that women could do mm-hmm. in different categories. I just assumed that competing was bodybuilding mm-hmm. and big guys and massive women. Mm-hmm. And that's all, I, that's all I thought competing was. And then as social media sort of came around, I started seeing pictures of women and, you know, I love muscle on women. Um, but I didn't want to be sort of like a huge bodybuilder. Um, so I saw this girl, saw this picture, and thought, well, I'd like to do that. Um, so that was kind of in my head. Then I did this marathon thing. And then I started talking about it a little bit more to my husband and thought, um, and I, I looked up like a different category. I saw bikini. Bikini just never interested me because I just, I'm just not bikini. I'm just not girly at all. I'm not, I just, no, my shape wasn't like that. But I needed some advice. So what I did, um, we then, I've, I've missed loads of my life out. I, I, <laughs> when I got married, I moved from Derby. We moved to Plymouth. We lived in married quarters in Plymouth. Then we ended up moving to Poole, which we're still in Poole now. Anyway, so we're in Poole. I looked at bodybuilding gyms in Poole and I came across Primitive Gym, which I'm now at. And honestly, it took me so much courage just to walk in there. I just all I want to do is go in there and ask advice about competing. And I was shitting myself. And I walked in and I said, I just want some advice. I'm thinking about competing. I want to do, I think I want to do figure. I don't know what federation. I haven't got a clue. Can you help me, please? And Ryan behind the desk, Ryan Petford, who we all know now, um, he pointed me to a guy that worked there, Gary Hill. 
who then offered me some personal training sessions and they all sort of advised me on the best federation and that's how UKBFF came around. Ryan's wife was about to compete in the South Coast Championships 2013 and they were like, why don't you jump into the same show as her? Wow. And that's how it all started. She doesn't, that was the only show she did. She didn't really enjoy it and she doesn't do it anymore. She's still, still into fitness, personal trains and everything, but yeah, competing wasn't for her. So yeah, that, that was it. It was, it was literally just figure straight away um, and winged it. Did my own nutrition. So like I said, trained with Gary for a bit um, and wrote my own diet. I read somewhere that you cut salt out sometimes. So I cut salt out. I cut salt out completely. Didn't I didn't have any salt at all throughout the whole of my prep. Nothing. Wow. Yeah, because I just read somewhere that you should cut salt. So I, I assume that's what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, carbs. I didn't. Don't think I had many carbs throughout the day. And then I had a bowl of oats in the evening. But I was losing weight, so I thought that's the magic. Yeah. It's, it's eating carbs in the evening. That's what does it. Yeah. Um, didn't do any kind of peat week uh youtubed a few poses and there was no like tensing or it was literally just (laughs) twist (laughs) um and yeah came third and I got an invite to the British finals so I was like okay maybe I'm not that bad and then um did the British finals and I placed fifth in my first British finals and then there was a, I can't remember what it was called. Um, there was another show anyway, just a couple of weeks after that, which is the first qualifier for the next year's, the 2014 British finals. And I won it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so I'd won my third, I was, uh, my third competition, I'd won it. I got an invite to the British finals the next year. And then that next British finals, I placed fourth. And then I kept creeping up, and then I eventually won the British finals in 2015. So, and that's figure all the way through. So. so, after that first time you stepped on stage, you were like, "Not only am I quite good at this, but I liked that." Yeah, it, it was. I liked it because, well, I like the fact that I placed, and yeah. that's me being competitive. Yeah, I was quite chuffed with myself that I just done it all myself and I could achieve that yeah um and then yeah when I won that show that show the two shows after that it was almost like oh maybe this is something I could do whereas to start with it was just like this is a bit of fun this is Mm. you know even though I still wanted to win because that's me um I wasn't no hint of like oh I'm gonna turn pro anything like that it Mm. was just like it was it was like, I do this weight training thing. What what can I do with that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because because I'm so used to playing sports and playing in leagues, playing to win, playing to climb the table. I, I'm going into this gym and I'm doing this weight training thing. Yes, my physique's training, but I'm not doing anything with it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that competing is almost like that sort of that, that match, that's mm-hmm. something to do with it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where it all sort of started. And so when you were backstage with these women, mm-hmm. and you were, and even when you were on stage with them, mm-hmm. did you look at them and think like, 
you wanted to aspire to be more like them? Were they bigger than you? Were they the same as you? Did that kind of fuel the fire a little bit more? Because you were like, wow, I really, these women look good. I want to look like that. But that very first show, I think it was almost like we were nearly all of us were just like first time competitors and didn't right. really know what we were doing. Um, there were a couple back there that I thought, whoa, um, sort of bigger shoulders and what have you. Um, and that kind of like ooh, freaked me out a little bit. Um, and then I saw some of them doing some weird pumping up thing, and I didn't pump up, didn't know that was a thing. Oh. <laughs> No, literally didn't know anything. Literally didn't know anything. Um, but yeah, obviously, the better I've done, the more times you spend backstage, the more pressure is built and built and built and built to the point where 2018 was a good a good year for me, and I'm I narrowly missed out my program twice. 2019 and 20, I put so much pressure on myself to the point where it really affected my performance on stage. Because mm. the more exposure you've got, and obviously now with Trained by JP, a lot of people know me a bit more. Mm. Um, the better I've done, the more expectation people mm-hmm. have. And you just get constant, like, this is your time. You're going to win. Pro card time. Yep. And it just plays in your mind and you're just like, well, what if I don't? I'm going to disappoint all these people. Mm. And I think I really, I really let that get to me, I think, in the last couple of years. Um, so this year, I'm just like, just just enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it really it kind of took the enjoyment out of it the last couple of years, I think. Do you know what I was about to say? I actually saw you on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019 in Crawley with two mm-hmm. bros mm-hmm. and uh, I remember thinking to myself she doesn't look happy no I forgot to smile it's yeah. because honestly it was just like I really got overwhelmed with the pressure um, and yeah it just really affected me and I need to just like just stop it and just enjoy it it is hard when you have all those external factors, though, to to separate that feeling of pressure from something you love, because that pressure can kill it for you. And the whole reason you got into this and the pressure came around in the first place is because you love the sport and you love doing what you do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and last year, I tell you what did affect me last as well. I've, I've had braces on for... Um, about 18 months. I've had them taken off now. But last year, I didn't want to smile because of my braces. And that really affected my confidence. Because <laughs> I felt like you smile, and all I could see are these horrible braces. So I, I was very conscious of smiling and looking like a twat on stage last year. That affected me as well. But I mean, you probably would have even seen, I know that. I was going to say it's so far away. <laughs> I know. Little things getting your head. These, whereas, and then when I look back to like the first time I stepped on stage, I couldn't give a shit about anything. Honestly, it was just because I had no expectations. Yeah. Nobody knew me. It was just like, on you get, do your thing sort of thing. So, yeah. So if we think about then the fact that you are 
figure which is um for those that don't know that are new to the the bodybuilding world or even you're listening you're outside of our little world figure is a more muscular woman um and even you said yourself you saw a lady backstage on your first show and you were like oh, shoulders mm-hmm. um so what uh, was it an active choice that over time you were like I want to get bigger and and have you ever looked at yourself and gone oh I'm maybe I'm too big now or are you always kind of craving more muscle more shape um more kind of density yeah I yeah always craving more yeah the more my body's changed the more I want it to change more um so yeah it's not for the lack of trying <laughs> oh no I didn't mean it like that <laughs> 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 no, but I, I was thinking about it earlier on, and and I think your physique is phenomenal. By the way, I think the detail that you bring your physique is, I mean, there's a difference, isn't there, between being big and then being big with detail. And I think yeah, you're very it's the thing that I yeah, a lot of people will always say, oh, Claire Bart's trademark condition sort of thing. Mm. So I'm very very proud of the condition I I bring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're all very, very critical of ourselves. Mm. There's so many things I would change and I would still develop on my mm. physique. Um, but yeah, I've got to deal with the cards I'm dealt and do the best I can with what I've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that kind of, obviously the fact that you have got that condition and you mentioned about um, when you go and see family and you're, Lena and you're like I know I know I'm mm-hmm. my face is gone it's okay is that something that's in the back of your mind when you are either close to showing you're feeling gone or maybe you're off season and as we know when we have muscle and you're in off season you look even bigger because mm-hmm. the fat sits on top of that tissue mm-hmm. yeah. is that something you're conscious of when you're out in public and you're around people that don't like out of the gym world, for example? Yeah, um, I think family-wise, no. I'll just make a comment just so they're not shocked because mm-hmm. I don't see them, like, every week. So I'll be like, Claire off-season when I first, you know, I see them one day and then a few months later it'll be like Claire skeleton. Yeah. So I, I kind of warn them or I, I, I make a comment but they never sort of say anything back. Oh my God, yes, you do look awful. They'll just sort of like laugh and go, yeah, whatever. Um, when I'm in a gym environment, like sort of primitive gym where I train, um, no, because everybody understands. Sometimes I'd, I'd say I'm more conscious off season when I feel like I'm a bit, because I, I, I do hold some fat in my off season, but not to the point where I'm really embarrassed. People understand. Um, but is that actually fat or is that I'm a competitor, so I feel fat? No, I've, I've, I've got wedges and, you know, I've got back fat and stuff. I mean, probably to the, probably to like the average person. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's, I think it's more the, um, the contrast because I get so lean and yeah. then I'm one of these people that has a big round moon face in the off season. Oh, you're talking it, to it, me. I know that. <laughs> you look like a different person. Do you know what I mean? If you've got like um, 
face recognition on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can't do that. It's completely, completely different people. Mm. So, but like I say, in a gym environment, I feel fine. Mm. I've run around my family, fine. Mm. I just like sort of may have to make comment. I think the only time where I get really self-conscious, and I shouldn't because I do this because I like the look of being mus- muscular, but I know to the average person, when you're really lean and freaky looking, and I get freaky looking, mm. they are going to stare. Mm. So I'm very conscious of wearing anything non sleep I mean, we've had some hot weather and wearing a vest sort of going out for walks. I'm not freaky lean yet but you can see some definition mm. and you kind of can feel the eyes looking at you. Mm. And it's not to the point where I'm like embarrassed by the way I look, but I'm just uncomfortable with people staring. Enjoying. Yeah. I think that's all it is. Um, yeah. It's not that people are nasty or say anything, but you just, you can feel these eyes and you just want to go, just look away, look away, look away. Cause you get kind of like, anxious don't you you do yeah so Um, so yeah in that situation and you're going for a walk and say it's Mm -hmm. quite a busy time um Mm -hmm. of the day do do you ever just try and avoid it or do you go somewhere else like because obviously you've on rather than a vest so you actively cover up so that you can avoid it if i know that i'm going because where I live here, I can either sort of go through like the park, um, or I just sort of go sort of up and round the blocks, sort of round sort of the road sort of thing. And when it's sort of busy traffic time and the, the, the cars are queuing on the road and you've got to walk past every single car mm-hmm. that stands up, that's when I'm like, I'm gonna put a t-shirt on stuff because I know that all yeah. the Um but like I say, it's not because I'm embarrassed by the way I look. It's just I just can't be asked for people's down. That's all it is. So do you think that if we're looking at changing people's perceptions of strong women, mm-hmm. do you think that maybe it would be good occasionally to grin and bear it so that they yeah. sort of normalise it? Yeah, but then there's normalise there's normalising muscle and there's what the fuck do you look like because you, you've got veins coming out of your arm. Yeah. You know, I'm talking freaky. Yeah. That, that's kind of not normalising muscle. I'm not embarrassed by the shape when I'm kind of transitioning between off-season and being freaky lean. That's like, I'm not too fat. I'm not freaky. I've just got some muscle. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It's the freakiness because I get very vascular. Yeah. I can understand it. It looks different. So you are going to double take. And I'm not sort of saying anything against the people that are looking because they're not necessarily glaring as if to say that's disgusting. They're just taking a second look because they've not seen it before. Yeah. And it's just the eyes looking at me. I'm just like, oh, please, it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yes, um, I wouldn't cover up if I looked um, sort of, like I say, not freaky, but... In, when I'm like freaky, freaky, I went on holiday once. Um, it was in, um, was it 2014 or 15? It was, I was like a few weeks out of competition, but we'd already booked a, uh, booked a holiday. So can you imagine around the pool 
how lean I get and then the sun beaming on down on me, wow. my bone popping out. Oh, the stairs I got there. It was on, I just the whole holiday was just like people staring. And Did anyone I, ask you anything? No, they're all like foreign and just kind oh. of pointing. They were blatantly pointing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you ever get someone approach you? And, and say either something positive, negative or indifferent? And do you ever get any questions where people are inquisitive about what you do? No, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever had anybody actually come up and say anything to me, no. Nothing. I did get somebody poke my arm once in the queue in a chemist years ago. Just sort of, mm. that That was it. That's, that's the only thing I can remember. <laughs> I bet that kind of took you aback, like, oh, God, yeah, who yeah, are you yeah. and why are you touching me? Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and I just sort of looked and then just turned away. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the only thing I can remember. Oh, and a little boy once said in Little, asked his mum if I was um, in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought, I thought that was the compliment. That's so. very cool. <laughs> You would have said, yeah, yeah, and I'll choke slam you if you're rude to your mum. <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, I've been pretty fortunate. I've never had really anything negative said to me, no. Have you had any bad experiences online? Surprisingly not. Surprisingly not. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if, if it's just the way, just the people that follow me or the way I portray myself um even like no it might be just like the very odd one but it's it's just a stupid comment that you just like whatever I think the most comments you see is when when other pages repost a freaky picture of you and then you get freaks commenting on their page yeah roids or too much that's nasty Little shit like, you know, little thing, but really doesn't phase me in the slightest. So just let that wash over you. Yeah, yes. But people that follow me and on my page, I've really not I've honestly not had much hate at all. So it's very positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone that would be in that situation where like a, a well known kind of bodybuilding or muscle page reposts them and then mm. they do get negativity. What would your advice be to them and as to how to deal with that? Uh, literally just come off the page and just completely ignore it because when you look at, like, who's posted, they're just, like, faceless profiles that are just absolute nobodies that are completely insignificant to your life. There's, yeah, just literally even just just don't go on the page. Mm. Block it, ignore it, There's just... You know, I'm at a point in my life where it's, I've got people around me, I've got my family, I've got my kids, and as long as I'm happy and they're happy, I couldn't give a toss what other people think about me, you know? Um, So say what you like. It really, honestly, it doesn't faze me. As long as my little circle is cool with me and the companies I represent and the people around me who love me, as long as I'm, they feel like they're respected, I don't care. So. Yeah, I think that's good. 
Um, and talking about your little people, um, we talked. Not so little now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on that kind of before we started recording. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of intrigued to think to see what they think about their bodybuilding mum. Um, I think when I first started, um, they were at the age where they weren't necessarily embarrassed, but it was always kind of like a bit odd. Um, but they're very accepting and very proud of me. You know, if I came home with medals and things like that, they think it, thought it was cool. They've completely got used to the fact that we're eating dinner and mum's eating that. Yeah. We're going out here, but mum's doing that. Or she's got her meal with it. They just accept that and it's fine. It's like, um, we're having a Domino's. Oh, you're not, are you, mum? That kind of thing. Um, so they're absolutely fine with that. Um, and as they've got a little bit older, I think they are, they're definitely proud of me for my achievements. Mm. And all their schoolmates follow me and think I'm like the coolest mum in the whole wide world. Oh, unreal. <laughs> they're quite embarrassed, but secretly not, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they used to, I mean, they're, they're, they're not at school. They're just finishing school at age now. So they're a little bit older. But yeah, when they were going through school, all their mates would follow me and they'd come back and that oh such and such said that you're really cool and you're really hench mum and so they all thought it was really cool so then secretly I know that they thought it was cool because they used to say mum you're not like all other mums like, no. <laughs> you don't even look like other mums you said she said oh, you just don't even you don't wear those frilly dresses that my friends mums enjoy so um yeah they're pretty cool and they're they're fine and they just know that mum does this thing and you know they'll say you're competing soon, mum. And yeah, so no, they're, they're absolutely fine. Do you think that's because they've grown up with you just doing it? It's just like this is just mum. That's normal. Probably, yeah. And they've grown up around fitness. And I mean, like I said, my husband was in the Marines, and he he was away for a hell of a lot of their early years. Um, it was when all the Iraq, the Afghanistan, the amount of six-month tours he used wow. to do, and I've had to protect them from a lot. I mean, he's been through injuries, he's been through illness, he's been through several near-death experiences, hospitalisation, and I've had to kind of protect them mm. from that. Um, and whenever he was away, I would always always keep on top of my own fitness whether that be running with prams whether that be running with dragging them around on bikes whether that's fitness dvds whether that's setting up little circuits in the garden and getting them to do it with me everything i've always managed to fit it in somehow and try to include them mm. so they've always known that fitness is a part of me um, what I do mm. I've encouraged them to sort of healthy eat to cook to bake with me and they understand nutrition they understand the importance of exercise I don't think a either of them would ever compete but they're both very active one likes swimming and sort of team sports the other dabbles in a little bit of weight training but she's quite quite interested in boxing at the moment um but yeah I don't think either of them will ever compete 
but um, yeah, they're very accepting of what I do, even if it's a bit odd to them. It's interesting that you say about how you had them involved in exercise and understanding how important nutrition is and that separating of, okay, well, we're having a Domino's mum and you're just going to have your little Tupperware. Um, Because I did a posing seminar recently and one of the girls who's working towards figure, she's a mum of two, and she was concerned about... Uh, how her children would be affected by the fact that she's so particular about food. And she was like, I'm worried about weighing my food and them seeing me so into my fitness. She was worried that maybe that would have a negative effect on them. Uh, like them, when I first started competing, um, I just kind of did it. And I don't know whether they sort of, Note, I never made it into like a big thing, I suppose. I just kind of did it and then cooked their food and I ate at a different time. But then I think they're quite used to that. Mm. I cooked their meal. My husband was either away or he'd be at work and he'd eat sort of at a different time. Then I just ate my own thing. So it was just kind of accepting. And I never, I never really thought about them watching me sort of weighing it or anything like that. I mean, they know now that I do that and it's just part of it. And sometimes they say, oh, I wish I could do that. And, and I'm like, you're absolutely fine. as long." And I teach them all about it's all about the amount of food you're eating. It's not necessarily about restricting. I don't say no to pizzas. I don't say no to sweets. I've never said no to anything. I've just made sure that their main meals are always nutritious and educated them on nutrition they, they come to me sometimes <laughs> with all their mates I've told this girl who's uh, my friend that she needs to eat this and she needs to be in a deficit because she wants to do this but can you just write her out an ab workout she really wants to <laughs> so I'm getting all these like <laughs> clients you're yeah. raising the next uh yeah so they do understand it all and they know that it's and I say and I've always sort of said you don't need to specifically measure it you just take a little bit off and that's you know you're eating a little bit less sort of thing so they understand that but they know what I do is very very intricate they know that I've got so many steps to hit and I think they're quite we've I think a lot of people are who don't compete or don't understand this sport kind of baffled by how intricate it is and how we've got to reach that last step and you know Mm. how do we do it and Mm. you know they they all say oh I couldn't do that and I say well you don't have to because that's not what you do Mm. (laughs) you know you're absolutely fine you're active you eat healthy you're fine so yeah I don't they just don't make a big thing of it you've got kids and you know you just cook their meals and you just you don't even have to show them that you're weighing it just go and do it and just sit down with them and eat your food you don't have to actively show them that you're weighing it out or anything like that. Just, you know, just, yeah, don't make it a big deal, I think. Oh, that's good advice. Um, yeah. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. I'll let her know that we we talked about it on here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm conscious I've had you for a very long time. Um <laughs> But it sounds like you've had a really positive experience. And even when you have had a little bit of kind of what I would say is like 
negative energy maybe as opposed to actual negativity pushed upon you but just around you you've seen uh, comments maybe on a post that's been reshared of you or uh, people staring in the street and you're like oh my god all of the eyes are on me <laughs> um it, it sounds like you have a pretty well-rounded kind of inner circle that are very very supportive and I think that has shown a big difference in the way that now you are positive about yourself and how mm. your friends and family and, and your children see that as well which I think is yeah I think just I, I'm I'm a very sort of independent person anyway very um I don't know whether it's just through childhood, whether it's through all experiences throughout my life. Like I said, I've dealt with a hell of a lot through with my husband. I've had to bring up the kids practically on my own for a lot of the time because he's been away. I've had to deal with all the issues that he's had to go through. I've had to deal with my dad dying. Um, and so I think all these sort of life events have just made me a very strong person. Mm. And I'm very okay with my own company I'm very okay with me and I'd happily just spend time by myself and be comfortable by myself um so yeah I think I'm quite a strong character so I can brush things like that off you know um, what the more and more bodybuilders both male and female that I talk to not just on here but mm-hmm. in day-to-day the amount of times I've heard I'm quite happy on my own. Yeah. I I, I'm quite, quite good at my own company. Mm. I think that's something we all have in common. And I, you yeah. probably have to have that a little bit because we do walk on our own a lot and we do yeah. train on our own a lot. And you, I think when there's a thing of, with prep as well, you need to be inside your own head because it's quite stressful being mm. around people when you're in prep. Yeah. And it's very, very hard to explain that to somebody who cannot understand how it feels. It's almost like a panicky, anxious, like I can't have people around me because it's draining me. It's it's making me like jumping, it's exhausting me. If you um, are if you spend a day I find with people mm-hmm. and you're answering all the questions that you've answered a hundred times before and mm-hmm. there you, you have to have the energy to have to even talk and probably to go and be actively doing something because you can't sit down and eat so they'll come up with something you can actively do together mm-hmm. it takes me a good week to recover from really? a social it, occasion it, it, yeah it just literally like even like in prep if I'm going to meet if I go and meet somebody for like coffee I'm absolutely like I just want to go I can't wait to get home close that door and it's just like oh Yes. Yeah. I want to be on my own. Yeah. This is what I like to, even if I haven't got cardio in the morning, I will set my alarm at half past five and I get up because I need time when everyone else is asleep. If I get up and everyone's up, it would stress the hell out of yeah. me. I need, I need me time on my own. I, that, that's why I love my walks. I love my podcast headphones on and I just go. And if somebody said to me, can I, shall I come for the walk with you? No. Like, no. no. Absolutely not a chance. And there's a thing about when I'm eating as well, just get away. Don't even just let look me at eat. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come near my cucumber. <laughs> or when someone peers <laughs> over your shoulder and goes, 
Oh yeah, and you're like, why are you why are you on top of me? Just yeah, let me eat. Yeah, let me eat. It's the same thing yeah. I've been eating every single day. You've seen it a million times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a trait we all have. I do too. Um, I have absolutely loved chatting with you, and I thought it was a really Thank interesting you. experience hearing about your story because I think a lot of people have had a really negative experience, and I think you always hear the negative. You don't hear the positive because why why would you go like yeah I've had a great time yeah and I think you just focus on the positive and not and I think like I said because I started quite young and before like social media and that I haven't had that exposure to all the negativity to start with um and I kind of fell into it and I fell in love with the training and with what I was doing without pleasing anybody without wanting kudos from anybody without praise from anybody I literally did it because I loved it mm. um I think a lot of people nowadays are doing it for the wrong I'm not necessarily everybody but a lot of people are doing it for the wrong reasons they're doing it for for likes for because they think that's the way they're going to get yeah. you know more exposure more friends I don't know um so I think social media's got a lot to answer for and aside from it being amazing, you know, an amazing thing, it's, it does have its negativity. So I think I'm quite fortunate that I've had that time. And like I said, what I've been through and everything in life, it's, I'm quite a strong person. Mm. So um, maybe I just choose not to see the negative and just, yeah, I'm at a point where, sod it, this is me. No. <laughs> Take it good all trait in. to have though it's really yeah. good I think it'd be good for people to hear that are, that are a little bit younger maybe they're just starting out on their journey and then yeah, I do get a lot of young young people reaching out to me actually asking me things like that which is and yeah my dms are always open I, I don't mind chatting to anybody and I will you know help anybody so love that so I just have two more questions which I ask everyone that comes on the podcast um and the first one being in your whole life from even being baby Claire until now is there anything that you look back and you think do you know what if I could I would have done that differently um I don't think you could ever say that I mean you you could probably find a hell of a lot of things throughout your life think what if what if what if what if but at that point in time whatever decision I made and whatever I did, I must have felt that was right at the time. And you cannot change what's happened. You can't foresee, you can't see what would have happened if you'd made a different decision. So you don't know whether that would have been a better decision and where it would have taken you. So I always say live with no regrets. And as long as you make an informed decision that you feel is right at the time, you can't regret. I mean, I could say like right from day one, if I'd have picked up, if I'd have started training earlier, if I'd have like got a coach earlier, if I'd have done this, if I'd have trained differently, if I hadn't have drank on the weekends and partied on the weekends, if I'd taken it more seriously back then, where would I be now? But then I had amazing fun. I've had such an amazing, I've been on so many amazing holidays. I've had some amazingly funny nights out and I've, so you can't live with regret. I've, you know, I've made that decision. You live with it. 
it's moved me on to this point in life, which has moved me on to this point in life, and I'm happy where I am now. So, nah, no regrets. And you are <laughs> Claire Barks, IFBB Indeed. figure. You are a mum, a wife, an online coach, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, an ex-marathon runner as well. <laughs> We're not that. I gambled. <laughs> I gambled twice. <laughs> but you are all of these things, but... How would you want to be remembered? Um, I don't think I necessarily want to be remembered for my achievements because people forget them. I think I just want to be remembered for the person that I am. Um, If somebody can smile after I've gone and think fondly of the person that I am in that I was an honest, kind, genuine um fun loving person then I think that's what I'd rather be remembered for for like my personality and the kind of person I am rather than what I've done in life I think love that (laughs) you wanted to make someone smile you just made me smile so (laughs) (laughs) Um, no I've absolutely loved our conversation i've been smiling uh, the whole way through so much so that uh, thank you hannah it's been really pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and if anyone isn't already following you and they want to find you where can they find you uh instagram claire barks pt is really the only social media platform um i don't use facebook anymore really um or the train by jp website i've got my athlete log on there where i will drop document I'm on there every single day and I document everything I'm doing training wise diet wise throughout prep how I'm feeling um and then I'm on the forums there answering questions as well so you can find my magic lovely well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and uh hopefully we can catch up again soon yeah it's been great thank you thank you